Let's bless the Lord tonight. Let's appreciate him for his faithfulness towards us, for his mercies that endured forever. We are here again to learn at his feet. He has kept us and preserved us till this hour. Many are dead. Mishap must have befallen some people today, but God has been gracious to us. Thank you, our Father. Let's ask for mercy in any way we have heard against him. Let's ask for forgiveness. Let's ask for forgiveness of sin that his blood should wash us clean as we have come to his presence today. Let's pray that the blood of Jesus will avail for us even in this meeting tonight. Let's commit ourselves to the hands of the Lord, ask for understanding for the word of God today, that as the word come, God will interpret it to you in a deeper dimension. Father, interpret your word unto us like never before in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Our Lord and our God, we thank you. It's a great privilege to come before you again tonight to learn at your feet. Holy Spirit, please teach us, expound your word in our hearts, and grant us understanding. Glory be to your holy name. Those that are on their way, Father, please quicken their steps here. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Please be seated in his presence. Um, is there an usher here? Please help me to turn this fan a little. Any usher? One more time, you are welcome. Today, we are in part seven of the expository teaching on the prison epistle of Paul. And today we are rounding up the book of Ephesians. Our text today is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 24. Ephesians 6, 10 to 24. Because we'll be looking at it one after the other, we will not be reading them now. But as we go on, we'll be looking at them, each of the verses, one after the other. Today we have a memory verse, which is Ephesians 6 and verse 11 which is meant to drive home the core of our study tonight and to make it indelible in our minds. 
So we'll be taking that memory verse together and we'll try to memorize it of hand. Ephesians 6, 11. Shall we go one, two, go? Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Ephesians 6, verse 11. One more time. One, two, go. Very simple. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So we are zeroing in on the whole armor of God. In my thinking and understanding, I don't think we'll be able to outline totally the whole armor of God. This is simply because there are graces that God gives for a particular time and for a particular situation. It may not be written in the Bible. It may not be written in any book, but it manifests itself. For instance, you and I know that when we pray in the spirit, the common knowledge is that we are speaking in unknown tongues. We are defying God. Only God knows what we are saying. But how do you explain a situation where a brother was captured? And they were about to use him for ritual. And he began to pray in the spirit. All of a sudden, the people started running back. And were shouting, fire, fire, fire everywhere. And the brother was blasting in tongues. But what they were seeing was fire. That was an armor of God that was not written in the Bible. Praise the Lord. We know there is fire of the Holy Ghost. But no, nothing can explain a man spitting fire at a particular time to ward off the enemy. So it was a defense. So, but today, we'll try to follow what we can see in the books as we try to understand the whole armor of God. First and foremost, we need to know that Christian work, Christian life, Christian living is a warfare. The reason life generally is a warfare, but the Christian work is particularly a warfare because the moment you declare for Christ, the enemy declares war against you. And so, you must be fully armed. We must be fully armed to be able to survive the terrain that we find ourselves. Praise the Lord. So, let's go to verse 10 of 
others. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The Bible didn't say be strong physically. But he said be strong in the Lord. Which means, having found ourselves as Christians in the Lord, we need to build some spiritual capacity and strength. Praise the Lord. We need to develop ourselves in the Lord. That alone is a weapon. Everybody that is fully grounded, every believer that is strong, every believer that is carrying Christ in his fullness is armed with the armor of God. Acts 9 and verse 22. Hebrews 11, 11, Acts 4, 31. Please read for me. I'd like you to flip your Bible and read. Proving that this is very Christ. Okay. Thank you very much. Look at it. But Saul increased the more in strength. Not physical strength, brethren. Why do we say that? Because the Bible says, and confounded the Jews. He mesmerized the Jews. The Jews were dazed. First and foremost, he was preaching one doctrine initially all of a sudden he started preaching the doctrine that they are preaching but in a special way and the Jews that which dwell in Damascus I mean at Damascus proving that this is very Christ there is no way it could have been anything but Christ but the question we need to ask is, how did this man get there? First of all, he was a Pharisee, learned in the scripture. But when Christ met him, if you read the account in Acts chapter 9, the Bible says for three days he was fasting. That's number one. He didn't eat for three days. In that three days, he saw a revelation of God. He saw Ananias coming to lay hand on him and he receiving his sight. And then Ananias actually came and the miracle happened. So there was a combination of spiritual exercise plus manifestation of dream and revelation. So that alone strengthened him. Praise the Lord. Our experiences in the Lord ought to become one of the fortresses that should hold us as believers. Maybe you don't know. Everything you survive as a believer ought to become an armor to you. How do I mean? 
you were sick. Maybe you attended a program like the camp and they said there's somebody sick here but God have healed you and you were just sick and you just got your miracle. That ought to lift your faith a little higher and it becomes a weapon. It becomes an armor. So the experiences that Paul had strengthened him. He built capacity through that experience and became armed and mesmerized the Jews and they could say that he was walking by the power of God. Hebrews 11, 11 and Acts 4, 13. I mean 31. Yes. And was delivered of a child who was who she has passed age. Judge him faithful who had promised. Exercising faith is an armor. The Bible says through faith, Sarah receives strength to conceive in her womb. Sarah built capacity over time. And it translates into conception. Today's open heaven, we're told of somebody who got pregnant by the power of praise. It didn't happen once. The Bible said they praise God continually, the couple, and God did it. So we must find a way of building capacity, building strength. It could be in several dimensions. But every time you build strength in the Lord, you are fortifying yourself. You are wearing an armor. It may not have a name, but one day it will prove itself. Praise the Lord. Acts 4 and verse 31. Acts 4, 31. Yes. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. Yeah. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. Building capacity through prayer. When they had prayed. Don't forget, before they prayed, they were weak. They were afraid. They were fearful. And after they prayed, they became bold. So, one other way by which you can wear the armor of God is to build capacity through prayer. We'll talk about that. But the importance of this is that every time you find yourself in a situation, the quickest way to come out of it is to pray. A friend of mine shared a story with us some time ago. He was walking in a lonely path, bush path, and he just, fear just came upon him. Fear just came upon him, naturally. So, he just began to pray in the spirit. Began to pray in the spirit, began to pray in the spirit. He got to a point, he just saw 
um, a rattling of the bush. He couldn't see anything, but the bush, the, the bush was just moving as if there was something under it moving. He prayed the more and he just felt some sensation, some aura as if, you know, something was leaving that environment. And he actually ran. He said he ran because he didn't know what was going on. But the truth is that by the time he came out, he felt like, I mean, I have won a battle. I have done something. So every time you find yourself in a tight corner, let the power within, out of their stomach, out of their belly shall flow. Let something flow. Let assume something. Somebody said he was in the bus. He wanted to preach, but he felt a high aura, as if this place is spiritually charged. So he began to pray in the spirit. And after some time, he just said to God, if I carry fire, let fire come forth into this bus. And the next thing, somebody began to say, driver, stop, this bus is too hot, I'm not going again life story. This bus is too hot. And then the person came down. So he told himself that, ah, that must be the person carrying the aura. After the person came down, he was bold to preach the word. So, be armed with the armor of God. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. There is a power that God carries that we must be strong in. It is that power that tells you that you can do it. Praise the Lord. You can do it. It is that power that tells you you can subdue this situation. Let's go to the next verse. Put on the whole armor of God. That's verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Brethren, this is a divine warning. It's just like you are driving and you see a sign that says narrow path ahead or a sign that says the road is merging. Like Lagos Ibadan Expressway, it just tells you you need to slow down. So, when the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God, and he went for that to say that you may be able to stand, know that there is danger all around you. Because you don't know where it is, assume that there is danger all around you. And then the Bible says, that you may be able to stand against, specifically now, the wiles of the devil. So, what are these wiles? They are everywhere. It is distraction. It is affliction. It is arrows that fly by day. It is your, your ability to discern evil from good and so on and so forth. So let's read Romans 13, 14. 
Colossians 3.10, First Peter 5.8. Yes. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Put on Jesus and do not make provision. So in the Bible is saying that there are provisions that you make, small gap that you create through which the devil can afflict you and afflict me. Don't provide that condition. For people, for instance, who are, maybe you, you are cutting. We tell people who are cutting, avoid lonely place together. And then you are together, you are gisting, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, you are in the brother's house, you are making provision for the flesh. Praise the Lord. You are making provision for the flesh. Ah, if God now help you, you just hear thunderstorm, rain start. Eh? Sister, how do we do it now? You have to sleep over. Ah, provision for the flesh. And you have only one bed. Six by six. What's that? Small hostel bed. <laughs> God have mercy. The Lord will help us. Oh, you are a, you are an air smoker. You are still battling. You are going to a party where they smoke and drink. You are making provision for the flesh. Praise the Lord. A lot, a lot, a lot of ways we can make provision for the flesh. But the Bible says, put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Let it be seen all over you. Glory be to God. Yes, let's read again Colossians 3.10. Yes. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him. Did you hear that? Put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge. How do we put on the new man? That is, let the new man find expression in you. For instance, if you are born again, don't hide it. Don't hide it. Say it. Let it be evident. Let it be clear. Let the new man find expression. The Bible says, which is renewing knowledge. The way you talk, the way you act, let it carry the new man's look. Praise God. So, if you are born again, to put on the armor of God, let it be clear. For instance, in your office, say it loud and clear. I am let it let them even let them even be jealous of it. Whatever happens, I don't do that. I'm a child of God. You will soon begin to hear, are we children of devil? Are we to what are you saying? Am I a children of devil? Just keep saying it. You are passing a message across. You are letting the new man find expression. Of course, First Peter 
5.8 says we should be sober and be vigilant. Always be watchful. Then, verse number 13. 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So, what the Bible is telling us is the reason why you must be armed is that the forces you are work or you are fighting against are highly organized. We are not organized in Christianity. Hello? Let me say it again. We are not organized. That's why in our midst, a fervent brother, a fervent sister will suddenly fall into sin. Rather than us rallying around her, we will begin to stigmatize the person. Say, ah, Shotan, I said it. It's not a serious brother. Hell will be rejoicing. Instead of us to gather Sister, what happened? Brother, what happened? In the name of Jesus, you are coming out. The grace of God is encourage the person. We are in a war situation. Every army does not want to lose a soul. That's why America will die to rescue one soul. They did it in Nigeria here. They brought in their marines to come and rescue one person. And they did it under 24 hours. It's after they have done it that uh, our information minister and army said, we help them. Irony, you didn't help them. If you help them, Lea Shuaibu will not still be in, uh, in, in, in captivity. That is the way organized forces work. But here in Christianity, we talk much and do less. We don't build forces together. We don't join forces against the enemy. But here, the, look at the strata. Principalities, powers, everyone with their assignments. No wonder they easily get us down. But they will not succeed again in Jesus' name. So, one of the armor that we must put on is the armor of unity and organization. We must be highly organized. Highly organized. In a church like this, that's why I told people, you don't have dreams. Somebody beat you up in dreams, shot you in dream. you wake up with mad. And you don't go to the prayer department to say, this is what I, I experienced. So that they can join forces with you and war a good warfare. So, these organized forces do not easily give up. So, dear brother, dear sister, always be on your toe in this warfare. Always be on your toe in this warfare. Fight every day, every night. 
The Bible says, pray without ceasing. How do you pray without ceasing? Pray about everything that you go through during the day. You are driving from here to Abulegba. If you move, Father, I thank you. I commit the journey onto your hand. Thank you because I received journey mercy. You get to Abulegba, there is hold up. You leave the hold up. Thank God for it. As you are going, something hits you that you don't like. Begin to pray in the spirit. Are you aware that when you pray regularly, you don't have accommodation for evil thoughts? Praise the Lord. So, we need to defeat these enemies, these organized forces. We need to join hands together to pull them down. Praise the Lord. One of the ways we do it is to harness what Jesus has done for us. Ephesians 1, 20 to 21. Ephesians 3, 10. Romans 8. Yes, go ahead. Which he wrote in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities, power and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in his world but also in that which is to come amen you know the bible told us jesus went six feet below the earth a symbol of conquering below the earth and he transversed the entire universe and sphere into the heaven of heavens. So he conquered from the grave to the highest realm. In that sphere, everything that operates within that thing has been conquered. Praise the Lord. That's why you can command whatever is buried against you to die. Or if you get to a place, uh, a new plot, a new land, a new house, you begin to plead the blood of Jesus and say, whatever is buried in this place, we cancel and neutralize your power. You are exercising the power that Jesus has brought for us by dealing with everything beneath the earth and everything above the earth. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 3 verse 10. And powers in heavenly places. Start again, man. Sorry. So the intent yes. that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God. What Jesus did exposed all forms of principalities and powers and darkness. Praise the Lord. So by that revelation. We know where they hide. We know how they operate. We know that they exist. If you have watched uh, Mount Zion film, you see that when they talk about the marine world, they will show them inside the water, isn't it? And then they will show how fire is destroying them. 
that was not known in the 60s. Hello? Such revelations have not come forth. They probably knew there was Ogbanje and all those stuff, but as far as they were concerned, they were good forces. But today, we know that by praying here, we can send fire even to the depth of the sea. Revelation of the world is an armor. Romans 8, 38, 39. Then, we'll now read. Okay, let's read the remaining two. Romans first. 8, 38 and 39. Yes. 38. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor eyes, nor depths, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. So what is height, depth, creatures, living, dead, whatever? If they can't separate us, then we are victors already. Praise the Lord. This is knowledge. Everybody say knowledge. So knowledge is an armor. Knowledge is an armor. Once you know you are in charge, that's why they always say readers are leaders. Because the knowledge they acquire puts them ahead of others. In, in the other way, your spiritual knowledge empowers you. The Bible says that if we drink poison, it shall not hurt us. Don't go and take hypobletum. It will hurt you. Why? Because you have the knowledge that it is dangerous and you took it. But what the Bible is saying here is if you inadvertently take anything poisonous, it's not supposed to hurt you, especially if you exercise this power of what the word of God says. So, let's move to the next because of our time. That's verse number 13. Verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you, take unto you. Now, the Bible is saying, having known these things, imbibe them, take them unto you, let them become part of you. Take the whole armor of God. How do you take what we have said? Study, pray, exercise your faith that you may be able to stand in the evil day. There is always an evil day, brethren. Every day is not the same. That's why the Bible says sufficient for each day is the evil thereof. The Bible says, haven't done all to stand. Haven't done all to stand. Many will not be standing when the Lord returns. Why? Because the evil day that each person encounters is like a storm. Has the capacity to sweep you away if you are not standing. 
Hello? So let's read. Matthew, I mean Malachi chapter 3 verse 2, Luke 21, 20, 36, and so on and so forth. Malachi chapter 3 verse 2. Yes. But who may abide the day of his coming, and who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. Praise the Lord. Your ability to stand when he comes is a function of your capacity that you have built. When there is storm, so many things that are swept away are the things that are not fully fortified. Praise the Lord. So, when we build capacity, when we are fully armed in the day of his coming, in the day of storm, we will not be swept away. Yes, Luke 21, 36. Okay. Revelation 6, 17. For the great day of his wrath is come, and we shall be able to stand. Why will you not stand this wrath? Because you are not fully armed. When you attend the program and you, you say, let's begin to call down the fire. And then some people begin to shout and manifest. And maybe you are there. You are not feeling the fire. You are not feeling anything. You begin to wonder, what's wrong with these people? What's burning there? Why are they shouting? The thing is that, number one, they are carrying what is um, inflammable, so to speak. Their, their spirit or whatever demon in them cannot hold that fire. And so they begin to shout. If you are strong in the Lord, no matter the volcano that God brings, no matter the um, intensity of the fire, you'll be able to stand it. So let's take on the armor of God. Yes. Hold on, hold on, brother. Yes, ma'am. Luke 21, 36. Escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Say, watch at all times, praying without ceasing. King James said, Watch ye therefore, and pray always that ye may be counted worthy to escape all these things. Things are coming your way. May we escape them in Jesus' name. So, it is when we put on the armor. I want us to read finally Jeremiah chapter 12 and verse 2. I mean, verse 5. Look at what the Bible says. If thou hast run with the footmen, footmen, that's, um, you know, when there is no boss and we all begin to trek to Abulegba, See that some people will be in front. 
and some will be panting. Number one is a function of your state of health. Number two is telling you that you could do better, and so on and so forth. Now, the Bible says, if you run with footmen and they weary thee, then how canst thou contend with horses? Horses are coming to try you and to try me. There are battles that horses will confront us. How will you cope? The solution is to build capacity. And the Bible went on by saying, if in the land of peace, wherein thou trustest, where you have peace, they weary thee. Now in Lagos, there's relative peace, isn't it? We don't hear of bombs like we hear in the north and all that. If here and now you are being wearied by the little challenge with that, then the question is, then how will thou do in the swelling of Jordan? The solution is capacity building the whole armor of God. Because there are storms and there are storms. The highest storm that they could experience in Israel is the overflowing of Jordan. It used to cause havoc. It destroys crop, causes all forms of erosion. And it happens periodically. How will you cope when there is overwhelming attack on you? That's why you need to build capacity now. Put on the whole armor of God. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, take it unto yourself every day. The reason why every athlete do work out in the morning so that on the day of event they will not crash. So build capacity now. Then let's look at the provided armor. There are some armors that the Bible outlined that God provided for us to wear and to put on. Number one is from verse number 14. Stand therefore, having your loins guard about with truth and having the breastplate of righteousness. Truth is an armor. How? Second Corinthians 13 verse 8. It says, we cannot do anything against the truth, but for the truth. For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. In other words, if you are living in truth, walking in truth, even no weapon formed against you shall prosper, because nobody prosecutes the truth. So, we should make truth our watchword. And what is the truth? Jesus is the truth. John 14 and verse 6. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one cometh unto the Father but by him. He's the truth. 
So we must put on Jesus. Are you aware that even today, today, not in the day of SU, there is a way people look at you and they say you are a Christian. And then you'll be wondering, what did they see? Hello? It's in your words. It's in your action. It's in the way you relate with people. So put on Jesus, truth will automatically manifest. And then the Bible says, the breastplate of righteousness. Let's read to see the breastplate. Isaiah 59, 17, 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, Revelations 9, 9, and then verse 17. Isaiah 59, verse 17. Yes. For he put on righteousness yes. as a breastplate and an element of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance of clothing, for clothing, and was clad with zeal as a cloak. Here the Bible says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. In that verse it says, he wore righteousness as a breastplate. So that's what the Bible is telling us. When you do righteousness, when you put on righteousness in all that you do, you are wearing an armor. Hello? Because righteousness is a fortress. The Bible says the righteous, his dwelling place shall be munition of rocks. So brothers, sisters, live righteously. I think I've defined righteousness before. Righteousness is godliness plus personal purity. Godliness plus personal purity. That's God's nature plus your own impute. That's what makes you righteous. But our righteousness, because we cannot be perfect, our righteousness is of Christ. Praise the Lord. So it's like all your effort, there's what is called leveraging. All your effort wouldn't have taken you and me anywhere. But Jesus leverages our effort and gives us a higher pedestal over the enemy. Praise the Lord. Right, so um, let's read Revelation 9, 9, and 17. Yes, you can put it on the board. It says, and he and they had breastplates as it were breastplates of iron. Breast, look at that breastplate of iron. It means that your breastplate could have several 
uh, power. So, the more righteous you are, the stronger your breastplate. Yes, go ahead. And the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. And verse 17. And thus I saw the horses in this vision, and them that sat on them, having breastplates breastplate of fire. Look at another one. And breastplate of fire. fire. Yes. And of jacinth and brimstone. And the heads of the horses were as the heads of lion. And out of their mouth issued fire and smoke and brimstones. Yeah. The picture of this uh, picture, I mean the scenario painted here is frightening. So if you are going to war and you are assuming fire, all around you is fire. And the Bible added brimstone. And the head of the horses were as the head of lions. Just imagine if you carry that posture, every enemy will be afraid of you. Praise the Lord. Are we all together? That is to tell you that there are levels. There is a story of Oyedeko. Uh, you know, he was talking to a witch in uh, Canaan land. He asked the witch, say, how do they operate? He said, when they, had, when they go to express, they will put banana peels on the express. And when people drive through, they will sleep and have accident. Banana pills bringing down a whole car. Mystery. And then he now said, when people like us are coming, what do you do? He said, we know you. We will just leave the road. Praise the Lord. You see, dimension of armor. Even your car becomes an armor. Your house becomes an armor. He said he placed a mark on them saying, touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. So there are various levels of this breastplate that we can carry. We have seen of iron, we have seen of fire. Which one are you carrying? It still boils down to how much you are close to God and how much of fire that you carry. So let's go to um, verse number what now in our text? Okay. Verse number 15. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. A lot of argument have gone into, is this saying that we should evangelize? Yes, it is. However, the Bible is saying deeper here that our feet should be shod. We should be entrenched even in what we preach. Hello? That's when it becomes an amour. When you preach 
and you don't do what you preach, you will not be fortified. When you preach and you don't stand by what you are saying, you will not. So the Bible says, our feet short. That word short means to be entrenched, to be deep in the gospel, in what we do. It is then that we can be strengthened. And then he went on to say, um, okay, let's read 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 21, Isaiah 52, verse 7, Romans 10, 15. Which one are you reading? Isaiah 52, verse 7. Okay. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that seeth unto Zion, thy God reigneth. How beautiful. That beauty that surrounds a gospeler is a fortress is an armor. And then the Bible says in um, first, second Corinthians, let's read it, 5 and verse 18. You have been, yes. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us himself by Jesus Christ, and had given to us the mystery of reconciliation. Yeah. Verse 19. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trans, uh, trespasses unto them, and had committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors of, for Christ, yes. as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. And verse 21. For he had made him to see sin, to, to be seen for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Okay. You and I have been made an ambassador of Christ. We should enjoy diplomatic immunity here on earth. Hello. I hope you see diplomatic cars. They drive into anywhere. Police don't harass them. Soldiers don't harass them because they don't belong to this country. So that level of immunity is an armor that God has given us. But we will not enjoy it except we are propagating the gospel. In the church, there are assets and there are liability among Christians. You are an asset if you are doing the work of God. You are a liability if you are a Sunday, Sunday Christian, always grabbing and doing nothing for God. You won't even set chairs. Not to talk of sweep the ground. During evangelism, 
Once we say evangelism after service, you dodge. You think you are smart. Say, so I don't have time. You are a liability. You may not be able to um, enjoy diplomatic immunity. A lot of us don't know what God is doing for us. If God should open our eyes to see what he does for us, we'll be amazed. And God is doing that thing for you probably because of who you are to him. Praise the Lord. That the Jews said after one crusade, as he was driving into the camp, the Lord opened his eyes. He saw angels by the left and by the right lying on the way just for his car to drive through. Can you beat that? Praise the Lord. That is God's way of saying, well done. Now, ask, answer me, who can attack a car that is being protected by angels? Nobody. And to tell you that those angels have been coming with him all through as he was coming to come. So you, you can see the dimension of armor of God. Some are written, a lot more are not written. Praise the Lord. So let's go and see the helmet of salvation. Oh, sorry, the shield of faith. Wherewith ye may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. I have explained this over and over to as many people as possible. The shield of faith that quenched the fiery dart of the devil is every word inside you that you bring out without reading the Bible to quench whatever the enemy holds at you. This is how it works. You are just going home and the devil said to you, are you aware that there are hired killers everywhere? You never can tell. Before you get home, they may attack you. Your Bible is not there. What do you have inside is a function of faith. That's what we quench that thing. And if it's not quenched, it may turn out hazardous. Your thought is the greatest battle you fight as a believer. And it's the only battle you will fight until you see the Lord in glory. You may defeat the witches in your house. You may defeat the gods and goddesses of your community. But your thought life will remain ever with you until Christ comes. And if you don't have enough armory in your heart, in your system, to always come against thoughts, you will become a victim of thought. Praise the Lord. That will not be our portion in Jesus' name. 
I said I learned it a long time ago, sometime. I traveled to Jalingo in Taraba State. And I was in the car. And they taught to me what you forget or you lose your bag. Meanwhile, my bag was in the boot. And I replied that thought. You know how you reply thought? Somebody said the choir was ministering. And the devil said to him, supposing your wife died, which one will you pick? And he began to look and say, I think it's this one. You are replying the thought. So I replied the thought. And I said, I have enough money. I'll just go to the next shop and buy everything I need. Right as that thought was going on, they were dropping my bag because we stopped. You know, there is a time you are lost in your thoughts. You won't know what is happening. My bag had been dropped. Real life story. The car moved. And I came out suddenly from that thought. I said, please, my bag. One black bag. Oh boy, let me check. The bag was nowhere to be found. And I raised the alarm. Ah, where's my bag? Where's... Just then, the driver said, ah, maybe we dropped it there. As we were about to turn, the guy that we dropped the bag took a bike and was pursuing the car. Praise the Lord. I understood the power of your thought and the danger of not dealing with it. That's why the devil, when he tells you, you will die. What do you reply? I shall not die. Immediately. That's the warfare of the thought. So when the Bible says, the shield of faith, it is the faith you have, the capacity in you to stand against every negative assault of the enemy on your thought. Because the fiery darts that the devil throws are not physical arrows. They are targeted at your heart. Praise the Lord. So deal with them. They are fiery. They are very destructive. They can pull you down. Let's go to the helmet of salvation. We have spent our time. Helmet of salvation talks about the covering of the head. It is a, it's a requirement for battle so that your head is not hit. That talks about your thinking, your knowledge, your ideas. The Bible says we should not allow ourselves to be tossed about by the philosophy of men. They can deceive you, but God will help us. And then he said, always praying with all prayers and supplication in the spirit and watching with all perseverance. Finally, Paul asks for prayer requests. So it is normal it is lawful for us to request that people pray for us. And then finally, 
he greeted the Ephesians. May the Lord bless us in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Right? We don't have time to ask questions now. Is there any question? Maybe we'll take one or two. Any question? All right? Bow down your head and just pray. And say, Father, please help me to put on the whole armor of God. It is in knowledge. It is in your capacity, in your fasting, in your prayer. After Paul fasted three days, he confounded the Jews, proving that this is very Christ. It is in your ability to understand the world. It is in your ability to project Christ, put on Christ. It's in various dimensions. So pray tonight and say, Father, help me to take unto me the whole armor of God. And the Lord will help us. Talk to the Lord.